Welcome to Providence Road. My name is Jeremy. I'm one of the pastors um, here at the church, and uh, this is uh, probably my favorite Sunday of the year, Baptism Sunday, where we do this, we get together. It's, it's low-key um, as far as just uh, or, organized, but we just want to have a party in here and celebrate what God has done in people's lives. Now, a quick just uh, housekeeping. If you have, um, if, if there are seats close to you, in, like in the middle of the row, if you could just, I'm not asking you to get up necessarily, but if you can scoot uh, a seat or two in towards the middle of the row, that would help us out a lot. Uh, we're kind of packing things out today, trying to do all in one service because um, we want everybody to be a part of this. So if, if that describes you, maybe do that a little bit. We're trying to get everybody in a seat. We're going to get to baptism um, in a few moments, um, but I want to take a bit of time explaining what's happening today, right? Because there's a lot going to be happening behind me, and I really want you all to really understand what is happening. First off, this is a day where uh, you all get to participate, maybe more than usual, right? Like, obviously, we sing songs and things like that, but while people are getting baptized, we want you to be locked in and be thinking and watching what is happening because many of you have played a role in somebody that's going to be baptized coming to know Jesus, growing in their faith, coming to the point where they have chosen to get baptized. Why do we baptize people? Well, we baptize people, number one, because Jesus tells us to do it. One of the final things he said in his ministry on earth, he says, baptize one another. Go, make disciples, baptized. And baptism is designed to be the next logical step uh, of, of action or obedience once someone uh, professes faith. God changes their heart. They profess faith. Faith that Jesus lived a perfect life on our behalf. Faith that Jesus died a death that we all deserve to die. And faith that Jesus on the third day rose from the grave. This is what um, the people are attesting to. This is what people have faith in who are getting baptized. So baptism isn't for people who um, believe a set of, um, of principles about God or Jesus. It's, it's not for those people. Uh, baptism is not for someone who made a, made a decision about God many, many years ago and ha hasn't really thought about it since. It's not for those people either. It's not even for people who were raised in church, who, were, who grew up going to church but never really had a relationship with Jesus. It is not for those people either. Baptism is for those who have faith and belief in Jesus, what he did and, and the claims he made about himself. The word baptize means to plunge, to dip, or immerse something um, in water, which is why we do baptism like we do it. We immerse people in water. We put people underwater because baptize, that, that word, is means to, uh, to immerse something in water. Now, uh, kind of getting all the cards on the table here, baptism is something we should take very seriously. That's why we're dedicating a whole morning to it. And this is going to be a fun morning. It's something we should celebrate. But baptism does not save a person. All these people who are going to be baptized today have already been saved. They've already given their life to Jesus, and they have a Savior. Baptism is a visible sign of an invisible reality or an outward picture of something that's happened inside a person. Really the closest picture imagery we have to this in, in our culture and our world is the wedding ring, right? The wedding ring, when you see it on somebody's finger, a lot goes through your mind. They're married, um, they have a husband or wife, 
Um, you maybe wonder how long have they been married, all those things, right? But that ring does not make them married. That's not why they're married, because they wear a ring around. That's not why. It just tells a story about their commitment, the covenant, the, the decision to live the rest of their lives together. And so baptism is the same way. It's an outward picture of something that's happened internally. And so baptism also tells a story. We could just turn all the audio off, not say a word, and have people do baptisms. And probably halfway through it, you would start to see a picture. It would start to tell a story even without words. Just the very image of what's going to be happening tells a story. And the way someone gets baptized really is it gives us a picture of our union with Jesus. The fact that when someone is coming into the water, it their, it's their, represents their old life. When someone goes under the water, it means their old life is being put to death. It's going away. And when someone rises, comes, comes out of the water, this, this uh, it communicates they're, they're walking in new life. The scriptures say we're new creations, and they walk in newness of life. Paul, in, uh, this, this guy in, in the early church, the Apostle Paul, wrote this book called Romans. In Romans 6, verses 3 and 4, scripture will be up here, he says this about really baptism. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And what the case Paul's trying to make here is that we are united. There, there's something about when we become a follower of Jesus, we're connected through the Spirit to Jesus' life. He lived that life on our behalf, a perfect life. He died a death that we deserve to die. And we're united with him in his death on the cross. Spiritually, we're united with him. He, he takes our sin with him to the cross. And we're also united with him in his resurrection. When he comes back to life, when he came back from the dead, this means that we also will be brought back from the dead in the new life, in the new heavens and the new earth. But we also have a new life here on earth, a new spiritual life. And this is how we're united to Jesus in the resurrection. And so when you see the picture of baptism, when you see people coming into the water, going under the water, coming out of the water, this is the story that they are telling. This is what we're doing today. This is why we're doing it. This is why it is such a big deal. The most important thing that has happened to these people in their lives is coming to know Jesus and being brought into a relationship with God the Father. And so this is the story they're proclaiming today. So here are some just directions. We're about to get into it. First, we're going to call people up one by one. We're going to introduce them so you know who's coming up if you don't know this person. And then after someone is baptized, here's your role. Here's where you come in. Um, we want you to go, to, to go crazy. We want you to celebrate. We want you to clap like your favorite team just scored a touchdown or your favorite team just hit the game-winning shot. Right? This is the level of excitement we should have because it's the most important it represents the most important thing that has happened to the people getting baptized today. We are a part of this. This is your, your affirmation is so important in this process, or else we would just do this somewhere else without a without a crowd, right? Your affirmation, you your celebration, you're saying yes. I'm excited for you. I'm thankful for that. This is why we celebrate after each baptism. And the last thing I'll say, while people are getting baptized, while you're watching people, um, those of you who have been baptized, those of you who would call yourselves followers of Jesus, I would encourage you to think back to your baptism, your, your story, how you, how you met Jesus, 
those first moments where you felt the love of God. And allow your mind to go back there maybe for a brief moment and be encouraged by that. That's a part of seeing others tell this story through baptism. We get to all be encouraged and think about the love that God has for us. So think about that. And maybe there's somebody in the room that, y'all, some of you guys aren't baptized. You haven't been baptized. Maybe you aren't followers of Jesus. I would just ask, why not? Why aren't, why aren't you? Why haven't you been baptized? What's your story? What in your story is preventing you from committing your life to Jesus, from having faith in the gospel, who Jesus is, and then following that up with baptism? So that's how you are active participants in what we are doing today. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into the baptisms, okay? So pray with me. Father, uh, I'm so thankful for this morning, maybe more than any other time um, in the life, at least, of Providence Road, this is, this is a clear demonstration of the gospel. That the, the, the people that are, are being baptized this morning, um, this wasn't their own doing. They didn't work their way into this. They're not being baptized because they're good people. They're not being baptized because they're somehow more righteous than everybody else. They're being baptized because they've been shown grace and mercy in, in, from you in your son. So this is about you today. This is primarily about you and your glory and your son and your goodness. And that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet rebels, while we were yet ignorant of you and while we ignored you, you still came into our lives and saved us. This day's about you. It's about your glory. It's about your son and what your spirit is doing in the lives of these people and in this church. So as we celebrate, I pray that our minds would be thinking about you. And that these pictures, these people, the the smiles that they have on their faces, the tears of joy that are going to be shed today, I pray that those would be reminders, tangible reminders of your goodness and your grace and your love and your mercy that you show us. We love you. We're thankful for you. And I pray that you would be honored during this time. It's in your beautiful son's name we pray. Amen. Can you hear me? All right. So my name's Jay, and I'm also one of the pastors here at the church, and I get to get us kicked off this morning. I'm excited about that. Hey, um, what Jeremy just explained, I grew up in the sticks out in western Oklahoma, so we describe what he just said as hooting and hollering. So I want to hear plenty of hooting and hollering this morning from you guys. And first up, we're going to hear it for Taylor Gardner. You come on up, Taylor. in a Christian family and and was surrounded by the church ever since I was little. By attending church in small groups, I, sorry, (laughs) Um, I began to learn a lot about God, but I didn't fully know God. Um, Throughout high school, I found myself searching for purpose and fulfillment in myself and in in my own abilities rather than in his. I had the belief that I was strong enough to do life by myself with God, only there to help me when I needed him. I struggled with the constant search for perfection in everything I did to gain approval from others. Um, this way of life left me feeling inadequate and unfulfilled. When stress, anxiety, and fear was presented to me within the um, years of college, God drew me in. He provided me with friends who constantly pushed me towards the truth, and he helped carry the burdens that I could not carry myself. Um, He gave me the love and support I needed to go through the worldly battles that we are all faced with. 
I then realized how much I needed him in my life, and I confessed that I had been trying to find life in myself and my accomplishments rather than in him. Since being saved, it has shown me that being a follower isn't about doing well in everything and succeeding throughout life. God emphasizes that I do not have to earn my salvation or his love. I am not perfect, and I cannot do it on my own, but God still loves me despite all my imperfections. When the things I was pursuing before continually made me fall, God has never once left me. He rescued me in a time of trial and gave me eternal life with him, and for that I will always be thankful. By having him at the forefront of my life, I have been given fulfillment, purpose, and joy. So I got to hear Taylor's story this week. We met, and she got to tell me just about her story a little bit more than this, and I got to ask her some questions. And as we were talking, um, I couldn't help but think that she's been given the gift of faith through, through the Holy Spirit. You know, we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit recently, and that's kind of what I thought in the moment as I, was, as I was talking to her about it. And you kind of pushed back a little bit and said, it feels like your faith hadn't been tested yet. And so I just got, since we've been talking, I, I just, I got to thinking about, for all of us, for all followers of Jesus, there's probably this question that we have at times, like, is my faith sustaining? Like, is it good enough? Like, is it going to hold me? And I, the Spirit just brought to mind, like, it's not our faith that saves us, and I know you know this, but the object of our faith, namely Jesus. And so that's true for all of us in here who follow him. It's not the strength of what we have in ourselves, but, but who he is and what he's done in us. So, man, I'm excited for you, Taylor. Um, so based on your profession of faith and what God has done in you, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ by baptism into death, raised to walk in new life. Got it? All right. Go forward. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that, that was really good. I feel like you guys are already calling for an encore, so great job hooting and hollering. Uh, next up, we've got Gus Acevedo. A little different. I'm nervous. Uh, I don't know if there's one story I could tell, uh, and I don't know if I could put it in words so beautiful, uh, so beautifully like she did. But um, there are actually many reasons why I shouldn't be standing here today, um, from near-death experiences to the fact that I'm not even from here, right? But. Uh, Throughout my life, uh, God was always present. He was always guiding me. Uh, I come from uh, a non-practicing um, Catholic family, um, and that brought a lot of confusion. Um, many things that led me to want to know more and to study. I went to Catholic University, and that gave me some idea uh, of what was going on in my life and why things happened the way they did in my life. Um, but it was not until um, Kenneth McGraw sat next to me, shared a, a table next to me uh, 
on the art walk. <laughs> looked me, after five minutes of chit-chat, looked me dead in the eye and asked me, do you believe Jesus resurrected? And uh, I don't know if he knew, he knows, uh, he was starting a revolution. Um, and um, so I stand here to profess my faith and, and, and to acknowledge that finally in my life, you know, despite the knowledge of God, you know, the mi- missing piece finally came. And it was this beautiful community that is in this room today. You know, the people that not only talk about faith, but live faith with me every day. Uh, and that changed my life. So, uh, Despite our brokenness, God has never stopped loving us. Uh, through Jesus, he has done what none of us could and gave us a gift that none of us deserve. Today, I choose to start thanking him with my life. Amen. So, um, man, Gus, your relationships run deep here at Prov Road, and when you asked me to baptize you, I just felt so honored, like you've chosen me to baptize you. Um, you know, for some people, faith uh, comes quickly in a moment that, that God saves them abruptly out of um, their previous life. For you, it seems like it's been a gradual thing over years and years and years, and um, it's been so cool and fun for me to watch relationships at Prov Road be formed with you and you know, you said Kenneth probably didn't know that he started a revolution, um, but to know like the people in this room that were a part of that revolution in you that God used to bring you to faith. And so, man, I'm just so excited for you. Uh, man, I, it's been cool to see you serve already at the church in so many ways, you and Renata and your faithfulness um, and how you love the Lord. And, and it's been hu- your humility, especially, that I think is just so, uh, it, it's the evidence that, that Christ is in you. So thank you for letting me be a part of your journey. Um, man, it's by your profession of faith uh, before us today that I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ by baptism into death, raised to walk in new life. <laughs> Love you, dude. All right, so yeah, Gus, you can stay up here. So next we get to baptize Renata, Gus's yes. wife. Do you wanna? I can't. Okay, so I, I didn't know, she asked me to share for her and I didn't know if you wanted to share, but um, this, is, this is great. Uh, let me find what you said here. So this is from Renata based on what God has done in her and obviously through Gus as well. Through grace, the Lord has guided me here. Today, through Jesus, he guides me to a new birth and to a new identity in his family. I'm ready and very thankful for that. So here we go. Let's baptize Renata. Uh, 
Renata and Gus, we've had the opportunity to have them in our uh, missional community, which is what we call our small groups here uh, the past few years. And um, I, I just want to give a shout out to Ken and Alicia, who uh, uh, I guess uh, Gus mentioned his story. They are they are they living they live in Italy now, making disciples in Italy. And I know they are watching right now. So this is a cool story, um, kind of full circle here. They're watching in Italy on live stream, watching um, who they they these these folks that they introduced to Jesus. And this is so. Awesome that they're watching, but um, Renata is is uh, you're such a servant. Um, that's the first thing, along with Gus, just that you you serve in so many areas of the church, and we love you for that. And um, just also, I think the other thing that comes to mind is your uh, persistence in wanting to understand the things of the faith and studying the Word. And I know Nicole, my wife, has had so many uh, um, for her. She's had so many. Uh, conversations with Renata and been in Bible studies with Renata, and Renata is always asking really good questions, really trying to understand the faith, and really trying to make the faith her own, and so um, Renata just continued that work, and I love seeing the Spirit working in you, and um, it's an honor that you asked me to baptize you, so let's do it. Uh, Renata, my sister, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Barriers of Christ and, ba- Christ and baptism raised to walk in newness of life. All right, next up we've got Haley Nail. Okay, um, so yeah, like he said, my name is Haley, um, and I grew up in a pretty small town um, in Oklahoma called Stratford, um, and I think just growing up in a small town, um, especially in the Bible Belt, like it's just kind of assumed that you're a Christian, um, or at least that's kind of how I saw it, um, and so I knew from a young age that I believed in Jesus and that he died on the cross for our sins, and then three days later rose again. Um, but that was really it. I mean, I didn't ever go to church really. I didn't, um, really read the Bible and I only prayed when I needed something. Um, and so also some people in my life growing up, um, like they said that they were Christian as well. And so just based off of their actions and, um, some choices they made, it was a little confusing because like we were all saying we were Christian, but we didn't really look you know, any different from the rest of the world. Um, And so to me, Christianity just wasn't that important. It was um, just kind of like this box I checked off, like, okay, like this is going to make me right with God, and then like I'll get into heaven when I die. Um, But for now, I'm just going to live my life how I want. Um, So sadly, I kind of had that mentality like all throughout high school. Um, I definitely fell into that trap of just living for man's approval and trying to please everyone um, wanting to be liked, and that resulted in me, you know, getting drunk most weekends with my friends, Um, and then that kind of followed me into college as well, and I don't know why I kept doing it. Um, I mean, it was like fun in the moment, but then afterwards I always felt just really gross and sad and really lonely, but I didn't want to admit that to anybody. Um, And so that came, that followed me into college, and then um, 
I'm a senior right now, but my freshman year, um, I knew that coming into college, I wanted to um, just learn more about Jesus, like grow in my faith. Um, but I still wanted to go to like the parties because um, it was like the college experience that everyone was talking about. And so I wish, part of me wishes that I knew like a certain time or day where I was like, okay, God, like I'm going to give you everything. Um, I'm going to give you like full lordship over my life. Um, but I just honestly don't know when that happened. Um, and Avery and I talked about this several months ago, wherever you are. <laughs> um, and she was like, uh, you know, Haley, it's a relationship with God, and relationships, they take time, and I mean, that's always stuck with me, because it's so true, I mean, with any relationship, you, you know, you want to spend time with that person, and like, talk with them, get to know them, and so it's been like a combination of all of that, um, with God, just reading the word, um, doing what it says, applying it to my life, um, and it's only been like through his grace that he has just revealed to me how ugly my sin was and that I was loving that more than I was loving him. Um, and that my sin is not going to offer me the love and joy and peace um, that only he can offer. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm just really, like, grateful that I'm able to be here in front of all you guys and declare this publicly and super excited that my best friend gets to baptize me. So, thank y'all. <laughs> Okay, is this, oh yeah, it's on. Hello, my name is Avery, and I've been roommates with Haley for three years now, and we still like each other, surprisingly, so that's good. <laughs> no, but she's honestly become my best friend. Um, her friendship has been such a blessing in my life. Oh, gosh. Um... Prior to coming to college, I prayed and prayed um, that the Lord would bring me friends that would lead me closer to God, and that's exactly what she does. Um, it's been incredible to see the Lord move in her life and to see how he's changed her heart. Two years ago, I went through a really hard season of life, and um, being able to look at Haley's life and just see the work that the Lord was doing was such a beautiful reminder of his goodness, his power, and his love. It strengthened my faith, encouraged me, and gave me hope at a time that I desperately needed it. So I will forever be grateful for your friendship. Um, it's been awesome to watch you become the woman that he's called you to be. I'm honored that you had asked me to be a part of such a special moment in your life. I'm so proud of the decision that you're making this morning, um, and I love you. <laughs> Sorry. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are buried with Christ and resurrected into new life. You should use it. Huh? Where does it get wet? All right, next up we've got Catherine Hilgenfeld.
Today I'm going to be singing Psalms 121. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your comings and going, both now and forevermore. Amen. Is this on? You, you, okay, okay. Uh, hey, why is that one of your favorite verses? Um, because it reminds me that we're not alone. Okay, that you're not alone. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm Blake, Catherine's dad. Um, I think one thing, uh, she didn't want to share all of her story, so I'm going to share just a piece of it. Um, that verse talking about we're never alone, um, I think at times, um, especially in our culture, we forget that we are in a spiritual battle. Uh, there is an unseen enemy that uh, is uh, constantly on the attack uh, of our souls to destroy us and to separate us and to uh, continue in our brokenness and our sin and our shame and our guilt. Um, and at times, we, uh, we just kind of fall asleep, and we forget that we are in that battle. Uh, as parents, you know, like we get uh, busy, and we get uh, distracted, and I think that's one of the tactics of the enemy, is to distract and, and, uh, and to take us away and to not uh, really be mindful of that uh, battle that's going on for, our, for uh, not only our kids' uh, salvation of soul, but like uh, for, you know, every person that lives in this city, friends uh, who don't know Jesus and and uh, family members, but uh, one night, um, Catherine, who's nine years old, um, woke up in the middle of the night, um, and she was hearing uh, voices, the voice of the enemy saying, don't do it, don't follow Jesus, Uh, don't be a Christian, and uh, that's, it may sound kind of strange for for some of you, um, who uh, may not think about the, uh, the spiritual battle that's going on. Uh, but as a parent, hearing that story from my nine-year-old, nine like, one, uh, man, I, I did not have that type of experience when I was nine, right? Um, and then two, that that reality, it's, it's real. That that happened uh, at, at our house, in our home, that the enemy came in and was speaking lies to her. But the good news is, is that the God of all creation met my daughter in her room through the Holy Spirit saying, believe, believe, choose to follow Jesus. And she did. She gave her life to Jesus. And <clears throat> so uh, I, I didn't know that happened. Right, like there, that wasn't that wasn't uh, due to to myself or her mom. Like that was the God of all creation meeting her right where she was in her room and bringing salvation to her. That was one hundred percent an act of God's amazing grace through the Spirit. And so, uh, as parents, I like I want to just encourage you that yes, like. There are things that we can do for our kids on a daily basis. It is a moment-by-moment, every-day 
like intentionality pointing them to Jesus. But the good news is, is there's nothing you can do to mess that up, right? I think there's a fear within us as parents that we're not going to do a, a good enough job to bring our kids to, to, to Jesus. It's, it's not up to us, right? Like we don't have that power. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, broke into her life that night, gave her eyes to see, gave her faith, gave her repentance, and she's saved, right? So that is the encouragement. Uh, and the, also the encouragement is, like, enter into the battle. Uh, pray for your kids. Pursue uh, your kids in regards to the salvation uh, of their soul because uh, there's nothing greater. And there's nothing that makes me more proud uh, today than to be able to baptize you, sweetie. So let's do it. All right, this is uh, my second sermon. It's been a while since I've done this. I'm going to call you Sweetie Pie. That's my word. I, I, I call her Sweetie Pie. Um, in this life, um, you will always have this battle. Battle of faith, but also the battle of voices. So the culture or your friends will always tell you that you need to be a certain way. And the lie that you'll hear is like, you're never good enough. You're never pretty enough. Uh, you're never smart enough. You're not popular enough. And uh, those are lies. Because the reality is, as a result of your faith in Jesus, you are now one with him. And the Father sees you in his son, which means you are loved, you're accepted, you're forgiven, you're valued, not because of anything that you've done, but 100% because of your faith, you're united to Jesus, and now he defines your worth. He defines your value. He defines everything about you. So what you're looking for in the value and worth and acceptance and love, you have it in the Father because you're united to Jesus. And that will satisfy your soul. That'll satisfy everything that you long for. Popularity, being pretty, which you are really pretty, by the way. <laughs> that will not satisfy. But his look on you and his face towards you because of his son, that will never, ever, ever change and it can never be taken away. Love you. Okay, ready? My sister, in Jesus, I baptize you into union with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. Come here, sir. Give me a kiss. I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> All right, next up we've got Bright Q.
kind of slip. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Bright. Um, I'm just really excited to be here today. But um, I was actually baptized whenever I was seven years old. Um, growing up, I had a lot of really awesome examples of just a gospel-centered life through my family, through the man that baptized me and his wife, and just through a really awesome church growing up. But for most of my life, I was really seeking um, self-glorification rather than God-glorification. And so, as you can expect, whenever you're rooting your identity in everything except for Jesus, it doesn't end up well. Um, and so, around senior year of high school, um, I was really struggling with anxiety and loneliness and stuff like that, and really began to even doubt that God was real. Um, really just didn't seem like he was near to me at all. And I came to OU, and all the first semester was just really pushing back against the Lord, was really angry at him, um, felt like I was forsaken. And I met people um, like KT um, who showed me really what it means to live as a follower of Christ as a college student. And so um, I'm learning about this God who is loving and compassionate and merciful and holy, and I'm just absolutely blown away by who he is, um, that he gave his son for me on my behalf. Um, not that I'm going to cry about that, but... Um, just really beautiful on what he's done for me. Um, <laughs> told myself I wouldn't cry, but um, yeah, I just really, man, I'm just overwhelmed by the love that the Lord has for his people. Um, for me, even whenever I was angry at him. Um, and so I told myself I wasn't going to do this, but um, that's led me to where I am today. And so just blown away by the holiness and the love of God and that he pursues me and that he loves me. Um, gave his, his son for me um, because he knew that I could never reach him. Um, and that through faith in him, I am in communion with the most holy God who loves me and created me. Um, and so I decided I wanted to publicly profess that again to my church today. So then doing that. Um, and I cried two times after I told myself I wouldn't cry at all. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not good at comforting people, so I'm laughing. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, ooh, I'm just going to take this off. Okay, it's kind of ironic because I was actually assigned to be Bright's mentor um, through our sorority, and I never anticipated an earthly structure to bring such biblical community to my life. Um, and I've had the honor to disciple her, even past you know, being out of a sorority and post-grad life and everything. Um, and I wanted to share this psalm that we had a really good briefing of. And I think it reflects Bright's heart for the Lord incredibly. And it's Psalm 42. Um, we're in book two of the Psalter. And it says, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Right. I just pray that um, your soul continues to pant for God and not for anything of this world. Um, we all have our fleshly battles, but I know that you know where the true fulfillment is because I know that you're standing here professing that faith today, and I couldn't be more proud of you and excited for you. So without further ado, thank you, Assistant Jeremy. <laughs> Thank 
I now baptize you, Bright, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, and risen to walk in the newness of life. That's her earring. It was her earring, man. I couldn't get it over her ear. If you want to get that, I'll just hold it for all of it. Sure? I mean, if you can do it, but if not, I know. Congrats. Okay, next up we have Jillian Kratz. Hi, everyone. Um, if I didn't write it down, I would babble on forever. So um, I wrote down kind of my story that's led me to Christ. Um, so I used to think I was living a good Christian life. Um, I went to church and talked the talk, but I never really knew there was a walk I should be walking. <clears throat> I was living a life of selfish pursuits and prideful ideals, and after losing my dad to suicide and leaving my dream school to face my own battle with suicide, I found myself hospitalized and having given up on everything, including myself and my God, and um, it was there that I had a really cool spiritual experience that um, showed me that the one thing that really hadn't given up on me was the Lord. After the next couple years, I spent recovering and just hungry to get to know um, the Father personally. I found myself in Norman. Um, I was participating in a discipleship program where I met a bunch of the students that are here today. And I knew there was something that was keeping me from just making that decision to submit fully to him. Um, but I didn't really know what it was. And I'm a knowledge person. Like, I wanted to figure it out. Um, and one day, my friend Heidi... Um, she said something to me that just really stuck, and she said, it seems to me that every earthly thing you've pursued has uh, failed you, but the one thing that hasn't left you um, was God. And I just realized that I didn't need to figure out why um, I didn't make that decision. I just needed to make it, and I was ready to make it. Um, and because of Jesus' sacrifice, I can be comforted in knowing that he will never leave me or ever give up on me. Um, and I've just seen God's sanctification in my life basically immediately after, um, just within me. And as I continue to grow closer to him, I see more and more where I fall short of his glory. But I'll just continue to follow in his footsteps and to try to walk the walk that I now know is possible through him. Hi, I'm Heidi. Um, I met Jill a little over a year ago, and I had the privilege of leading her spiritually last summer during the discipleship program she was talking about. Um, and so I just got to walk by her side as Jesus was opening her eyes and just showing her how consistently he was pursuing her. And I just got a front row seat to her making the decision to put her faith in Jesus. And since then, I've seen him work in her heart in so many different ways. I I've seen her heart break for the lost and her just be so bold and so fired up to make him known, which is really sweet. And as you guys heard a little bit of, Jill has been through just so much in her life. And the past year, I've been able to see God really just serve as her comfort and her refuge through it all. And so I'm really honored to get to do this with you. I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ by baptism, and raised to new life. 
Okay, next up we have McKenna Lindsay. Come on up. Um, hi, I'm Danielle. I met McKenna about three years ago, and I've had the privilege of being able to lead her spiritually this past year. Um, for those of you who don't know McKenna, McKenna is so special to me. She just radiates joy from the Lord, and it has been so sweet to just be able to watch her heart for God grow and just her have this strong desire to live a life that brings glory to God and just to make his name known among all people. Um, McKenna um, just loves people and the Lord just so wholeheartedly and she's just been such an answered prayer and I just am so grateful and excited and honored that I get to stand next to her today as she publicly proclaims what Jesus has done in her heart. Hello. <laughs> um, I'm just going to read this. <laughs> um, when I was young, I had always heard the name of Jesus and was familiar with the Bible and stories about him. Um, I went to church with my family and did everything right, but I just didn't know him. Um, when I got into high school, the purpose of life became a big topic of interest for me. I didn't understand what it was or even what the point of it was. I knew there had to be something more out there other than just college, career, and retirement. But I didn't know, and this unknown felt frustrating and hopeless. At the age of 17, I started to seek fulfillment in anything and everything. I put my faith in the world and hoped that it would save me. With this came a lot of sin and hurt and pain, because the world could never save me. I just didn't know that at the time. I used to feel like there was no hope for me, and that God wouldn't love me, because I had done things wrong and made mistakes. This thought separated me from him and made me seek value from the world even more. I got to college and the temporary fulfillment that I found in the approval of others and grades and relationships started to not be enough for me. I was stressed and lost and confused. I ended up going to a winter conference known as SMC my second year at OU. It was at this conference that I learned that I could have a relationship with God and I realized that I didn't have one. It started to click for me when I heard the statement, until you see yourself as a sinner, you will never see your need for a savior. I realized I had never asked God for forgiveness because I felt like I couldn't go to him. I didn't see him as good. But then I heard of the extravagant act of repentance of the sinful woman in Luke 7:38. She went to the feet of Jesus and gave him everything she had and all that she was. On the last day of the conference, I was in the hotel room alone and realized I was a lot like the woman described in Luke 7, except for I had never gone to the Father. In the silence of that hotel room, I went to the feet of Jesus with all I had, and I asked God for forgiveness. It was then that I felt the Lord's peaceful presence overwhelm me, and I knew that I was chosen and loved no matter my past. God had so graciously opened my eyes, and the gospel finally made sense to me. My good works were never going to be the deciding factor of me getting into heaven, and my sins were never the deciding factor of keeping me out. I'm already loved and already chosen. Jesus died for all of my sins, big and small, so that I could spend forever in heaven with the Father. After years of searching, I finally found my purpose, a purpose that is aligned with his plan and wishes to love him with everything I have and to go and make his name known. <laughs> 
My name's Lauren, and I have also gotten to see God do this incredible work in McKenna's life, and so I'm really honored to get to baptize her today. McKenna, do you believe that Jesus died for your sin, and because of your relationship with him, you're saved? Yes. Then it is my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and you've been buried with Christ and raised to new life. Okay, next up we have Kate Notter. So I grew up in the church. I grew up Catholic, and I was actually baptized as a baby, but I obviously don't remember that at all. Um, so it wasn't really a proclamation of my faith. Um, but I grew up knowing who Jesus was and that he died for our sins, but I didn't grasp what his death and resurrection meant for me. Um, so I just really didn't have a, my own personal relationship with him, um, and I realized that once I got to college. Um, when I got here, things weren't going how I expected at all. I didn't end up getting in a sorority, which was really painful. And I didn't end up finding a good group of friends. I ended up with friends that were heavy in the party scene. And I realized quickly that's not what I wanted and it wasn't fulfilling. Um, and so I quickly started praying that I would find community that would point me towards better things, things that were fulfilling, and ultimately towards Jesus, even though I didn't have that relationship at all. Um, and so I ended up in an on-campus ministry that's been talked about a little bit. Um, there's a lot of y'all in the room. And I got to see how following Christ um, was lived out and how it was lived out so evidently through the people that started loving on me and just sharing um, God's love with me. Um, and through that, I got to see that how I was eager for God's word because of the people around me. But ultimately, I realized that there was nothing that I was doing. Um, my good works and my good deeds and just trying to be a moral person wasn't getting me into heaven. Um, and I quickly realized that. And I realized that I was never going to be fulfilled if I was chasing after attention or approval or grades. Um, and so I just started realizing that I was only giving the good parts of my life to God. Um, and that in reality, I was pouring into all these broken cisterns um, of things that just weren't going to ever fulfill me. Um, and I quickly realized that I needed to find um, my approval and my fulfillment through um, just God and God alone. Um, because he's the spring of living water that would fill, fulfill me. Um, and I decided that I no longer wanted to say yes to my selfish desires. But I wanted God to have my yes and to be my purpose. Um, and since following Christ, I've been made new and filled with joy, and I also have a deep desire to share the gospel um, with other people who are lost. Um, and I've been so blessed since giving my life to Christ that I have been fulfilled, and I found great community and just people that continually spur me on towards Jesus. So, yeah. man. All right. I'm Ellie. I've had the privilege of knowing Kate uh, for the past year. Fun fact, the first time I met Kate, um, I had to meet her like three different times, maybe more, because she kept dyeing her hair and I didn't recognize her. Um, but Kate has quickly become one of um, my favorite people in life, and it's just been such a privilege to see how the Lord has truly just changed every aspect of your life. Um, my favorite thing about Kate is her boldness and how she just boldly lives for the Lord and um, just proclaims his 
gospel so eagerly um, and faithfully, and so Kate, um, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried to death through baptism and raised into walking new life. <laughs> Okay, next up we have a good friend of hers. These, these three girls are actually in our missional community, and so we've gotten to know them a little bit, but this is a good friend of hers, Madeline Oliver. Okay, um, I remember being a little girl who would sing Jesus Loves Me in Sunday School. Um, and remember going to church occasionally, but as I got older, I started to realize that the brokenness in my home didn't line up with what God wanted for a family. And I became really hurt and felt the need just to surrender the parts of my life, um, just only those parts I thought God would be pleased with and what lined up with um, the story of Jesus. To me, that meant being really successful and living a moral life. And so at the start of college, I really fell into this belief of needing to fit in, and it left me really uh, broken and just feeling a lot of shame. Um, I wanted to change, so I met different friends, Christian friends, and I thought that if I started doing all the things, like reading my Bible, going to church, that I could repent from a point in my life that I was just really lost. From the outside, my lo life looked like um, my friends, and I really had a lot of people fooled. Um, but then one morning, I woke up just for no reason, um, and I was crying. And like leading up to this, I wasn't sleeping, wasn't eating, just really was physically drained and exhausted from trying to look the part. Um, so I called Ellie. Um, and she was someone who was um, loving and encouraging and just genuine and wanting me to have a faith. Um, she shared the gospel with me for it was probably like the fourth time. And um, <laughs> this time I understood that there was nothing in my own doing that could purify um, myself in the eyes of God. I needed to put um, all of the parts of my life, not just the good ones, um, in my trust in Jesus because he already stood on my place and died for my sin. And I asked for his forgiveness, and he took me. Um, I know that my um, reliance is in Christ alone. I turn from my sin because I love God, um, and I want to pursue his mission without looking back. I've learned that it's a task not to choose to choose Jesus, but a joy um, and a relentless love to walk in his light. So in Revelation 2-4, we are reminded um, that from our sin, we abandoned the love we had at first. God gave me grace, welcomed me back. And I have a community of people who live this way. Um, he proves not only by caring for my continuous restoration, but also the transformation of my loved ones. Here we go again. <laughs> um, yes, I... I still remember the sweet day that we hung out um, and just getting to see God in his grace just reveal the truth to Madeline for the first time. Um, I think it's just been sweet to see people to see how God has changed your heart um, in every single way and just how humble you are in loving God and um, 
just wanting to share his good news. And so, Madeline, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ through resurrection and raised life and raised walk in new life. <laughs> oh my God. Man, praise God for the Ellies of the world, right? Um, yeah, like, we could probably say that over and over um, after all of these stories, but I'm just so thankful. Again, these girls are in our initial community, so I have a, a heart for them especially, but so thankful for Ellie and her witness and just her faithfulness to just be a good friend and be there and be the phone call, you know, that when, when one of these girls needs it, she's there, so... Um, okay, I'm done preaching. Uh, last but not least, right, is Luke, is Luke last? Okay, Luke Amen. come on up. Um, hi, my name is Luke. Um, I was raised in a Christian home. Uh, I have amazing parents who taught me the Bible and really modeled for me what it looked like to walk with God. Um, most of my childhood was full of these spiritual experiences, and so it's kind of difficult for me to like pinpoint the exact time when I um, was saved. But uh, like I prayed the prayer whenever I was like five. I don't really remember it, but um, and then I uh, had another spiritual experience where I felt the Lord working in my heart when I was twelve. Um, <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, and I had a conversation with a spiritual leader on what it looked like to walk with God for myself and not just because of my parents. Um, but it really wasn't until college when I completely surrendered my life to Christ. Um, I came to college and wasn't really sure if I wanted to take my faith seriously or not. I kind of wanted that college experience that I'd heard so much about. And so I rushed to fraternity, and that made it really easy for me uh, to have the college experience. And so for the first few months of college, I... Um, would really, I really took advantage of everything that my fraternity had to offer. Um, but I also would go to uh, a college ministry on Monday nights, and I would go to church on Sundays uh, to make myself feel better about the way that I was living. I was really living this uh, double life. After a few months, it felt like I was missing out on something, and uh, the way that I was living wasn't fulfilling um, that missing piece that I wanted to fill. And so I started hanging out with these older guys in my fraternity that um, I knew took their faith really seriously. Um, and I saw how they were living and how they could have fun without like alcohol or any of the things that I was uh, trying to use to satisfy me. Um, and the more I hung out with them, the more they told me about how it was through Jesus that they could live a life that was so free and fulfilling. Um, another person that I started hanging out with uh, during this time was Pete. Um, Pete started taking me out to lunch and initiating spiritual conversation with me. Um, and one day in November of my freshman year, um, he took me to Rudy's Barbecue, told me to open to Psalm 16. Um, and we read verse 2, which says, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord, I have no good apart from you. Um, and Pete started to break down the verse. Um, and in the verse, there's two uh, the, the word Lord is used twice. Um, and he started to talk about the translation in the first uh, word Lord in the verse is the word Yahweh. It translates to Hebrew Yahweh. And it's the, uh, the, the divine name of God or creator God. The second 
word is the word Adonai, which means master. Um, and Pete explained to me how I had a Yahweh God in my life, but I didn't have an Adonai God. Um, God was not my master. There were parts of my life that I had surrendered to him, but there were parts of my life that I uh, kept for myself. Um, <clears throat> the Lord used this conversation to convict me of my sin and call me to himself. Um, and it's been a process, but I slowly started to surrender the parts of my life that I was too sinful to let go of on my own. Um, and since then, the Lord has given me purpose and fulfillment. Um, and I've realized that my life is not about me, um, but it's about Jesus and growing in my relationship with him um, and making disciples. Um, and so I still struggle all the time. I still mess up. I still sin. But every day, the Lord is gracious to call me back to himself and remind me of Jesus' work on the cross. Thank you. Luke, you inspire me a ton just to see how God has been so faithful to answering the prayers that your parents, parents have been praying over you since you were born to you even coming into college and you really wrestling with, am I going to do this myself or not? To see how you responded to that and then how you have continued to grow and you're becoming a man that people look to to help them grow spiritually. And I can't wait to see how God's going to use you the rest of your life. I think of me, being a dad of three sons, and my prayer would be they would grow up to be men just like you and would love the Lord and want to be used by him. And so, Luke, it's truly my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ and raised to new life. Take